I'm going to also take a second to tell you all about one of our show sponsors. That's Norse Fire Equipment out of North Dakota. Whenever I first started talking about having sponsors for the show, I really wanted it to be genuine businesses that are firefighter owned and operated and people that have good business ethics and have a good mission. Matt Vercota reached out to me from Norse Fire Equipment. He and I have spoken and, and talked back and forth a little bit, got to know each other. And he seems to fit that criteria. He's a full-time firefighter and founded this company in 2020 to provide a good place for firefighters to be able to get equipment that they needed to be able to do their job and have it at a good price and just good quality equipment instead of some of these places that want to sell you real cheap crap. For Y'all go over to NorseFireEquipment.com, coupon code COWBOY5. That'll get you 5% off on your online orders. All right, guys, on with the show. Hey guys, I'm going to take a second and tell you all about First Line Fire Service Training. It's a badass page on Facebook. I encourage every single one of you to go and follow them. Dennis is a retired fire chief. He's been a huge supporter of our show for since the very beginning. He's believed in Third Alarm Cowboys and our mission of making firefighters better. Dennis also has the same mission of being able to train firefighters, make them better. He's using all of his years of experience of 20 plus years, plus his military background to offer training ideas. He travels all around the country, speaking at different conferences, trying to help guys get better when it comes to their tactical ability, when it comes to their physical ability and everything in between. He's really pushing things to the limits, especially for an older guy that's retired. He's still getting up every single day putting his gear on, going out in the driveway, doing crazy-ass workouts that most of us couldn't even handle. He's still getting out there getting it done. He also does a weekly training video on first-line fire service training, offering up when every type of uh, tactical and operational skills that he's learned throughout his career through working from other people. One thing that's really impressive to me about Dennis is that he – owns the fact that most of the things that he has learned and sharing are things that he learned from other people and he's just passing that on. That's something that he and I have in common. He's taking all the information he took from his career and sharing it on to the next generation to make the next generation solid and better firefighters. That's a great mentality to have. He's the kind of guy that people should be listening to when it comes to learning about what to do in the fire service with their career, with their tactics, and with their operations. So y'all go check them out on Facebook, First Line Fire Service Training, LLC. Send Dennis a message that you heard about his business from our show. If you're putting on any kind of training conference, Dennis is the guy that you need to contact. Get him in the door and let him share his knowledge to make the people in your area that are attending the conference better. And just know that... I support his business and he supports mine. And that's the kind of people that we need in the fire service to make us all better and stronger. Dispatch to all units. This is a third alarm. Switch to the TAC channel. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the TAC channel. I'm your host, Heath Meredith. This is the Third Alarm Cowboys podcast. This is a podcast for firefighters. We talk about real-life situations, stuff in your station like leadership and promotions, and stuff in your personal life like relationships and finances. You name it, we talk about it. Some things may be a little controversial, but that's real life, and that's what we're going to talk about on this show. 
Guys, welcome back. I'm going to make this a little bit of a quick one because we got a shitload of stuff coming down. A lot of stuff that I need to go ahead and get out and get announced and uh, basically let all, all of us, all the followers of the Third Alarm Cowboys know about. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on the show right now and we'll get straight to it. Guys, welcome back. RJ Nip. What's up, what's up, what's up? Alright guys, well uh, as you all know, the last fight that RJ had in New Orleans, we went down and basically from everything that we could figure out, there was an issue that ended up happening about two hours before gates open with the uh, box commission of Louisiana and some license stuff and all that is really the best thing that we could figure out. We were uh, pretty disappointed by it. RJ was absolutely ready to roll, ready to fight. Uh, and super hungry to go ahead and, and get his uh, second professional fight completed and done and make it a quick knockout and all that. But it didn't work out that way. And so pretty much been pounding the pavement. Everybody from the tack team as well as his trainers and, and everybody that he has, part of his management team, has been trying to figure out and get stuff going and, and get him locked into some serious fights that can get his name out there, build him up, and give him the uh, the chance that he wants to make a career out of this uh, professional boxing that he, that he really wants out of it to chase his dreams like we talked about. So I'm bringing him on the show. He's got some pretty big announcements that uh, I told y'all before I wanted him to be the one to say it. So uh, tell us what's up, RJ. All right. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Louisiana sucked. Uh, you know, that's really the only way to put it. Um, but uh, I think what it did was it brought up new doors. Uh, so what has happened since then is uh, I signed a six-fight deal with they're good martial promotions here in Houston. So my next six pro fights are going to be shit less than 10 minutes from my house. So, uh, Houston, I'm here for the next six fights, man. Um, next fight being November 18th up here in Houston. It's going to be at the red Owl boxing arena. It's down off Perry road. Um, ticket info will be coming out here soon. I'll have tickets, but, uh, it's a great venue. Um, specifically built for boxing so they're you know it's going to be a hell of a show hell yeah and guys and we i mean we've checked out this venue it's uh specifically tailored for boxing like he said it's it's owned and operated by actual boxing of uh, actual boxing company this is what they do i mean the show is going to be all about boxing this isn't going to be a fly by night bullshit somebody trying to make a quick buck uh we've learned kind of the hard way in this in this boxing world a lot of the promoters that are out there aren't always solid. They're not always 100%. And basically, there's a lot of people that are out there hungry. There's a lot of people that want to fight. They want to get their name out there, and they want to do something, just like RJ's doing. But being able to get locked in with you know ethical business people that are doing this shit for the right reasons and all about you know putting on a good show, giving fighters a proper opportunity and a proper paycheck, that's something that... Um, you know, is is basically it's hard to find. So with this six fight contract deal that that RJ has gotten, it's it's really opening some serious doors for him. And what that means is he's going to be fighting hometown crowd. All the firefighters that follow us on this show, there is a shitload of y'all from the Houston area. I mean, I can see the analytics. I know y'all are there. So guys, you got plenty of time right now. November eighteenth. 
go ahead and get if you're on duty go ahead and get you a shift trade or whatever the fuck you got to do to be able to get there the tickets are not that expensive tables are available if you know you want to bring a date and you want to try to impress somebody get you a ring sign table that's where the fuck we're gonna be we're gonna be there repping rj with the entire tac team and that's something that we want all of y'all to do if we could pack this fucking house of nothing but firemen that would be the coolest shit ever it would make rj look fucking badass and you know there's some rumors going around some things that might be happening as far as for just how big of a fight that this is actually going to be the masses that's going to be able to reach course i'm sure there'll be live streams throughout the deal but they're even talking about some bigger things out there than just a live stream on the internet so yeah yeah we are uh you know we're psyched up we're ready to roll with it rj has been uh you know maintaining he's been putting in putting in the fucking work to make sure that his weight is right his mind is right everything that needs to be done is is being done so it's up to us now to get out there and support him and you know he's he's going to make a purse off of this that's one good thing about this as far as with this group and this contract he's going to be able to draw and and get a paycheck and actually get paid the way he should the way fighters should get paid but one thing that's going to make him look even better and this is just me being totally transparent with y'all because that's what i believe in is the more ticket sales that come out that are under his fucking name, the better chance he has of getting noticed by people even bigger that are going to call him up and pull him up. So he gets in the ring, he puts on a great show, knocks this motherfucker out in a minute 30 like he did the last one, and that is going to be badass. It's going to just pull him quicker and quicker to the top. And, you know, we may be seeing his ass in one of the fucking casinos in Vegas before this shit's over with. That's what that's what I want out of him. I know that's what he's wanting, and it's just up to us. He needs to have have that crowd he needs to have that following especially on social media just i'm going to give a quick plug y'all go follow him condemned saint on facebook and go make sure that you follow interact like his shit share his shit whatever needs to be done go ahead and do that that way the more fights he gets the bigger and better that he gets and shows it just is going to make him that much you know more popular and everything for all these uh these big time fights yeah for sure and i you know <clears throat> with Heath and everybody at the TAC channel, you know, I'm doing my best to uh, <laughs> to be more uh, internet inclined to make sure I get on and post stuff. And if there's information, most of the time I'm going to post it there as well as anywhere else. But uh, it's going to be right there. That way everybody has access to it. So, Yeah, for sure. So that's, yeah, that's man, why it's but, important. Y'all go follow that page. I, I try to share every single thing that he posts on there. That way it's getting, you know, across our entire platform as well. But y'all be sure and go follow Condemned Saint on Facebook. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Well, Lee, uh, that's one of our huge announcements. I wanted to uh, just take a little bit of RJ's time, man. You got anything else? I know you got a big day tomorrow and, and you're going to need to go get some sleep tonight. So I didn't want to keep you, but I wanted you to be able to give your announcements. What else you got, man? No, nah, I mean, that's it, man. Hopefully, uh, you know, maybe I can make another announcement here soon if things come to fruition and <laughs> we can make another announcement here soon. But uh, we'll see how tomorrow goes first. I got to make it through that first. <laughs> hey, man. So, uh, no, nah, nah, man, just, uh, you know, November 18th, and I'm already scheduled for a fight in February, too. But, you know, we got to get through November 18th first. So, Hell yeah. Well, keep, uh, man, just keep putting in the work that you've been doing. For y'all that don't know, I mean, he's been putting two-a-day trainings in ever since we got back from New Orleans. He's, uh, you know, sticking to his diet, doing what he needs to do, 
and that shit's not easy. I mean, most most of us struggle. We get on a good workout program, and we're you know solid for six seven days, and then you know that that time rolls around. You're ready for a beer. You're ready to to eat some bullshit or eat some fried shit or whatever that you're wanting to do. And and he's been sticking to this. And so y'all know the level of commitment that that takes because most of us can't even make it four or five six days, and that's including myself without having to have some sort of cheat meal or a damn beer or whatever. And so the commitment is there, and that's why you know I have full belief in in RJ just because I'm seeing it, I'm watching him, and he just impresses the shit out of me of what he's committed to and willing to do. And you know sometimes it's not easy going from February to last month having to wait to get a fight, and he's staying committed. And then now we're rolling into November. You know it's a few weeks away or several weeks away. We have the time, and he's still having to stick with it because this. I mean fighting's not easy, y'all. Yeah, and that, that was definitely uh, that was hard, man. That was definitely a blow. To any, I think most people would have been like, you know what, I'm going to take some time. But uh, shit, we were looking for a fight while we were sitting in New Orleans, all freaking <laughs> having a beer. I think we were all sitting at the table trying to find a fight within the next two weeks, and it just it wasn't going to happen. And we all kind of took a step back, and uh, you know, doors open when they're supposed to, and then this one just happened to pop up and. Long and behold, it had six fights attached to it. So and at home, and at home, I ain't gonna travel. And unless I'm traveling to fucking Vegas, I doubt that I'm gonna be traveling unless it's got some serious goddamn money attached to it. After that, <laughs> I know that's right. Yeah, it was a well. We got a little carried away down there. Is why it turned into an expensive weekend for so, us. So but... <laughs> uh, a fucking six-hour drive, a fucking starving and spitting in a bottle to get there and make weight and then the next day to be an hour away from fighters meeting to find out the fucking show is canceled that would definitely would have that would put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths but i'm just i'm even more hungry now it just gave me that more that much more time to prepare and work on stuff that i realized i need to work on so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be what you saw in february is gonna be a very like damn who was that fucking amateur dude compared <laughs> to what you're going to see in November? Hell yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a little bit of a sweet treat for me because he's fighting a guy from uh, from East Texas. He's already got locked in. He's got an opponent. Uh, I believe, what would you say, Tyler, Longview area, somewhere around in there? Yeah, up in Longview, I think, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a straight-up Texas boy battle. You know, we got some – some Houston versus some East Texas, which just get, makes me grin and makes me giggle. But uh, North Side, North Side of Houston, uh, you know, I'm working up there now. So everybody I know runs across. Everybody knows RJ because you spent most of your career working that North Side. So all of y'all that know RJ and your work, you've worked with him throughout the years, wherever it was through there, just know he's going to have a fight right there, right on our home turf, right in our back door. Hell, we might need to see if some of the guys that work in that district will roll some fucking pumpers up there to the damn event. Hell. <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah <laughs> that may be something that i'll uh i'll see if i can work on and figure out uh how we can get away with that shit and have some pumpers parked out there and and really represent the you know the fire brotherhood and all this shit because guys i mean it doesn't get any better than that of being right there i mean this shit he's not lying it's 10 minutes from his house which is cool as shit so Northside, all of houston y'all come out come out represent represent firefighters as a whole wear your shit we're gonna have a sweet treat for y'all uh, of what we're going to be planning as far as the third alarm cowboys and how we're going to be representing because we're going to be at home we don't have to worry about any you know the bullshit of people being offended or whatever we're going to represent some fire shit i'm just going to tell y'all there's going to be some fire shit in the house so y'all just plan for that 
We'll let you know as soon as the ticket information. What did you say, RJ, sometime the end of this next week? Uh, yeah, I think you said I should have the the ticket stuff in at the end of this week. I was getting four ringside tables, and then I don't remember how many second row tables, and then I was getting a bunch of general admission. Okay. But, uh, you know, and, and it doesn't really matter where you sit. It's just, to me, I've always table, then you got your own waitress, so that's where I, the way I would go, but, you know, everybody's, you know, we're firemen, so I know how that goes, too. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Hey, man. Sit somewhere, drink a beer, and fucking scream your head off, and just don't get into a fight in the fucking crowd. And if you do, just make sure you win. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and honestly, guys, seeing this venue, anywhere you sit, it's good seats. I mean, it's it's good stadium seating. So, you know, don't don't think just because you're not buying a table, you're not buying ringside, that, that you're going to end up getting bad seats. Like, I mean, it really is set up. It's set up good. It's set up like a, like a true event uh, of this caliber should be. So, I mean, if, if general mission is all you can do, because I know firemen are fucking broke as shit. We all are. We're all having to fucking deal with it. And uh, so that's just part of it. But, you know, y'all as a crew, whatever, y'all want to go and, and do something fun as a crew or even if, you, you know, you and your wife or you and your husband, whatever, want to have a good getaway for the night, just plan for this shit. There's plenty of good places to eat. Y'all get you something to eat, come out, like RJ said, drink a damn beer and, you know, scream your head off for another firefighter. There's going to be plenty of other fights that night, but... Oh yeah, shit. There's three. There are three title fights. One title fight is a chick fight, and those two bad chicks. I don't want to say bitches. Those two bad women <laughs> are gonna fucking go at it. Oh yeah. So uh, you know, it's gonna be a good night. And then the other two title fights, obviously, are gonna be good fights. But there's nine fights total. I think nine. I think. Hell yeah. So, and three title fights. So it's so, going to be a good show. It's going to be a real good oh, show. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, it's going to be good. Hell yeah. It's going to be good for sure. Awesome, man. Well, uh, go get you some rest. And, uh, you know, I'll holler at you tomorrow. And uh, I'm going to finish up the show and, and wrap up a little information that I got after. I know you already probably listened to my uh, Sleep When I'm Dead episode. This is going to be a little yep. bit of a part two because I got some pretty good information over the last week that I'm going to share and and try to uh, shed a little bit more light on that subject. So, man, go get you some rest, and uh, and I'll holler at you later. And appreciate all that you're doing, man. You're kicking ass, and you're really making firemen look good. Hey, man, you appreciate it. I appreciate you guys, man. Everybody, you, the entire TAC crew, everybody, man. Everybody listening, thanks, guys. Man, keep following heat. Keep listening. Keep pushing forward, man. Change is only going to come with us. So, But, yeah, man, I'll, uh, I'll hit you up tomorrow. I'll let you know how tomorrow goes. All right, sounds good, man. Get some sleep. All right, bye. All right, guys. As you can tell, man, RJ's fired up. This is gonna be this is gonna be badass. I couldn't be any more excited. The fact that he's getting to come back home, he's getting to fight in Houston. Houston is a uh, it's just a special place. I know a lot of guys that listen to the show, all of you know, all of you that work, especially if you work fire department around the Houston, Texas area. It doesn't matter where, anywhere in Harris County, Montgomery County. We just have a different. It's just a different pride. Uh, you know, the entire last two years that I worked industrial, yeah, it was a good job. Yeah, it was good money. Uh, made a lot of really good friends. Got a lot of really good training and experience and, and just education. All that different stuff that has helped me and, you know, kind of shaped me and, and helped me grow on. But, man, there's nothing like working in Houston. There's nothing like being able to say that you're a firefighter down in the Houston, Texas area. I mean, I hold Houston Fire Department. 
I hold them in a special place in my heart. They're a phenomenal department. They really, really, they lead the way as far as in today's fire service. But just because that's our, our big, you know, that's our mother department for everybody that works around Harris County, that's who we all kind of look to. That's all how we kind of emulate. I mean, most of our, whether it's EMS or fire or whatever, most of our SOGs or protocols or tactics, whatever the fuck you want to label it, it's all kind of based on Houston. So to me, honestly, in my mind now, this doesn't go for everybody because there's some fucking shitty people out there. There's some shitbag firemen out there. But most of us as a whole, we're fucking proud to work in that area. I mean, no matter where you were, where I've just recently gone on the north side, you know, we burn. Um, make a lot of fires, get to do a lot of shit. It's still, you can't tell where Houston stops and some of most of all these departments begin. I mean, we're literally, I've got a Houston fire department station, like shit, like a mile, mile and a half down the road from my station. I mean, we're all literally just right there. Everybody kind of has the same mentality of kicking doors down and just being badass firemen. And so that's really cool to me. I know that there's shit like 300 fucking different departments around Harris County or whatever. There's a shitload of them. And so we all kind of have our own little way. We all might wear a different patch on our arm. But overall, working in that area holds a different... We have a different level of pride. And and I'll admit that. It's just it's something about working there. It's something about knowing that you earn your stripes working in that area. It's special. It's just very special. And no matter what side that you work on, you know, I'm new to the north side, and they have a little bit of things that they do different. I worked most of my career on the east side. Shout out to all you east side guys. But it all still is It's the same. It's just the same level of walk around. You know, you're just proud to be a fireman in that area. So for me, getting to go home, that's home to me as far as the fire service goes. And then knowing guys like RJ – and then now being able to see him do something on the level like professional boxing at home in that area and then going to be right down the road from his house. I mean, literally, guys, this boxing arena is in the district of the old department that he used to work for for years that he was a captain at before he came and worked with me at, at the department we worked together. So it's just really cool. Um, and so, you know, y'all come out, y'all represent. A couple more things, guys. I... I I got a lot of messages this week after my uh, episode of Sleep When I'm Dead. A lot of people that said, holy shit, never thought about this, never considered that. Blah, 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 blah. The list goes on and on and on. And, you know, I, I honestly, I didn't get any real um, kickback on it because I think everybody was <laughs> honestly in too much shock. They were kind of like, holy shit, damn, really? That's what it's like? Blah, 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 blah. Um but something I want to shed some light to and just truly spit facts. I know on the last show, you know, it was mostly my opinion, which, fuck, that's all this show is, is what I think about stuff, situation that I've been through, whatever. So I've painted that picture for y'all. Well, let me, let me just actually shed, because I went this week after I got several messages from you guys. I went this week and pulled actual fucking stats. Now, this is from NFPA.org. So, this is as good a fucking stats as I'm going to get for the American Fire Service, okay? So, for all of you guys out there that are wondering how it is that these chiefs that are riding these seats now, you know, they make these comments. Like I said, that one, well, you know, well, when I was riding that fucking ambulance, I didn't need to, I didn't have to fucking sleep during the day. I didn't have to do this. I didn't have to do that. Whatever. Okay. So, I'm going to just shed some serious light on this. Most of the chiefs that I've worked for in my career are now 30 years and up into their fire service career, meaning 
they began their career around within you know five years or so when I was born, give or take some. So that was in 1990 that I was born. Most of them started their careers then. So I'm going to say at that point in time, that's whenever most of them were firefighters between 1990 and 2000. So I'm going to just show y'all what the stats were. Are now this does not reflect. This is NFPA. I didn't have. I looked and looked and looked, and I didn't have. I, I was unable to find a true statistic because they don't have the infers reports for EMS like they do for um, fire nationwide. Every state has its own reporting, and just I, I wasn't able to truly pull those numbers. But this is strictly fucking fire numbers because we're the fire department. So that's what I'm going to pull off of. Okay. So in 1990. The total number of calls nationwide that was reported to NFPA, 13 million, almost 14 million calls in 1990. In 2000, so I'm going to say, say some of these chiefs, they started in 90. Now they worked their way up possibly to either a senior man or an engine operator by 2000. They were running just over 20 million calls. Okay? So, in 2000, 20 million calls, 20,520,000 to be exact. Now, that's, that is combined calls. That's fires, you know, medical assists, false alarms, mutual aids, hazmat calls, all that bullshit. But that's the total number of times the fucking tones went off and they had to go out, okay? So, reflect that to the latest stat comes from 2021. 2021, I was in the fire service. So, let me go back and just go back up to here. So I started in 2008. Okay, in 2008, there was 25 million calls. So the call volume increased from 2000 to 2008, roughly 5 million calls a year nationwide. So in my career, we have gone now in, in 2021, the call volume total, now this is fire, is just over 36 million. So in my career, we've gone nationwide from 25 million to 36 million. So most of these fire chiefs, when they talk all their mess about back when they rode the ambulance or they were riding backwards or they were doing this or they were doing that, even if we say they started 20 years ago in 2000, we're running almost double from 20 million to 36 million calls. We've almost doubled the call volume in that time period since they were that firefighter, since they we're mopping the floors, sweeping the floors, cleaning all the fucking dishes, washing the fucking trucks, doing all that shit, plus running the calls. We've almost doubled in call volume. So that's a pretty interesting statistic for someone to be able to know when you have these chiefs saying, well, back in my day. That's double. Now, I understand that this doesn't reflect, you know, you, we have some departments where call volume might have slowed because, let's face it, the city or whatever has died. People have moved away. So, call. I mean, I'm not going to get into the just absolute breakdown of that. We've had areas where 20 years ago they ran maybe one call a day, and then now because of development and it's booming, and you've had all these housing developments and commercial properties and all this shit, now they might be running 20 a day. I'm not going to get into the actual specifics as far as that because I know there's a shitload of departments nationwide that that is the case. But just as an overall average, we've doubled in call volume. Almost tripled if you look at somebody that might have been that started their career, like the chief that I'm talking about, started his career in the 80s. Tripled. And that's on the fire side. That's not counting the fucking ambulance. So just know 
that whenever you hear these these people that are making policy saying, well, back in my day, we didn't need to sleep. We had we worked all day and did all the stuff all day. Then we ran our calls at night. Okay, great. Good for you. Cut our call volume in fucking half and see if we can't do the same. It's not the same fire service. That's the thing that frustrates me, is it's not the same fire service. There are so many departments out there. We have people making policies, making operational decisions that affect your life and rules and policies that affect your life by people that just simply have not done it in this fucking decade. They have not walked in your shoes and done the job you're doing at the level that is happening in 2023 today's fire service. And I think that that's something that needs to be addressed. I think that if you are one of these chiefs, and I actually just, earlier this week, I had a great conversation about this topic since this episode came out with a current fire chief out in California. He's lived a completely different lifestyle because he you know, grew up in California, did everything in California. He said, that fire service is different than my fire service, but guess what? It's still the fucking fire service. And when we got on this topic and we started discussing, he completely and absolutely agreed that he's been, and he's been in double the time that I've been in. He's older, older than me, naturally. He's a chief. And, you know, that's something that he was like, damn, you know, it, that is a true and honest issue. And, he had a great idea. You know, I'm going to give him props. This was not my idea. This is something that he he actually uh, suggested to solve this issue of fire chiefs basically being if they're going to write the operational policies and dictate the day to day in the stations, then they need to go ride in that station. It should be mandated that they go ride said number of shifts, the whole shift, not come in eight to five, not come in you know and and get to do the day shift and go home. No, no, no. If you're going to dictate on what's going on in that station for the solid 24 or 48 hours of life in that station for those men and women that are riding that truck, you come ride that whole shift a couple times a month. You come do everything that those men and women are being asked to do a couple times a month. Hey, you may get fucking lucky and you may not turn a wheel and say, you know, my department, we work a 4896. You may come in and ride at that station and fuck, they didn't, we, don't turn a wheel except for to go to the grocery store. And you, then you could say, hey, well, you know. But you come in, you go ride at a busy station. That's that's something I added in this conversation. I said, yeah, well, they don't need to go to a slow house. They need to go to a hot house. And this chief laughed. He said, absolutely. Go to a hot house that burns and that fucking runs. You go ride at that station for the whole shift. Then... You go and you make your notes on what needs to be policy and what needs to say, thou shall. And if if you don't do that, you can't sit back and say, well, I'm not going to ask my men to do anything that I wasn't willing to do. I'm not going to ask my men and women to do anything that I didn't do. Because if you're going to say that, then you have to have done it in today's fire service. You have to have done it this fucking decade. And so many chiefs out there have not. Now, there's a lot out there that are. There's a lot of chiefs I know, especially in rural areas, because of staffing and everything like that. Hell, they're still making the calls. But I will tell you, just like at my part-time, I'll give them a shout-out for this. Those chiefs make the calls. It could be the fucking weekend. It could be middle of the night. Structure fire drops. They know that we only have five to six people at the station. They're responding. 
They're responding for manpower. They're not responding to come take command. They're not responding to come point their fucking fingers. They're responding to pull apparatus, whether it's a tanker or another pumper that we need, and to get there, put their gear on, and get to fucking work. They're responding to do those things. But I will tell y'all, in an absolute truthful manner, because they do those things, because they recognize what the job entails of doing it day to day, their policies reflect that. That if you come in, I'll tell you straight up, if I come in for my primary job and I come in and I say, man, I'm dog-ass tired, we burn all night, we ran all night, whatever, the chief is going to tell me, get your shit checked off, go catch you a couple Zs, we'll let you know if anything comes up that we need you to do, we're going to do training and such and such, and the captain is the same way. The captain's going to say, hey, you know, chief wants us to do this, this, and this today. Once we get all that knocked out, go catch you some Zs, we understand. That's how you operate in a healthy manner. You don't come in and... and and dictate that people basically become fucking zombies or they, you know, oh, well, I'll get all the sleep I need when I'm dead. That's not healthy. It's not. And if you are acting in that capacity, then that tells me that either A, like I said on the last show, and I'll stand by this, either A, you got some shit in your pocket, whether it's a prescription or illegal, you got some shit in your pocket that's allowing you to operate to that level where you don't fucking ever need to sleep, or you're fucking lying. And that's the only two options. Either way, it's not healthy for the fire crews, it's not healthy for your department, and you are absolutely pointing in the wrong direction. What you're doing is bullshit, and I'm calling it out. What you're doing is bullshit. Expecting people to spend a 30-year career, 25 or 30-year career, on never fucking sleeping because that's what the fuck you did in 1990, which I've already shown my statistics... I've already read them. It's not comparable. It's not the same. Today's fire service is totally different than 1990 or, or early 2000s. It's totally different. So, like it, don't like it, whatever, you go fucking argue with NFPA. That is that is off their website. Y'all go check it out yourself, nfpa.org. It's fucking under the call volume or call statistics, whatever it is. Go on there. I'm going to post the screenshots for y'all. I'll spoon feed it to y'all. So if there's somebody that wants to fucking argue or somebody that doesn't like what I have to say, it's right there. I pulled it from NFPA. Go take it up with them. But I'm just telling y'all, I, I, I do not think that we're on the right track of having people that truly believe that firefighters can just never sleep, that we're robots. Maybe that's what y'all want. Maybe y'all want to replace firefighters with fucking robots that y'all can program and do what you want you're already doing it with a lot of with, with a lot of the training that we're seeing in today's fire service for new hires and bringing them in or even through basic fire academies a lot of places are not teaching firefighters how to how to strategically think or how to problem solve we know this there's no critical you know critical solutions or problem solving skills being taught we're not teaching those things, but then we either blame equipment or we blame the generation. Oh, it's just the millennials. We blame all these different things. No, what it comes down to is teaching. It's the things that you're teaching, whether you're teaching bad habits on telling guys they don't ever have to fucking sleep, you're teaching bad habits on banning fitness equipment or not allowing firefighters to work out on duty because you're a lying piece of shit that obviously doesn't know how workman's comp insurance works, which... You know, we can get into that or y'all can go listen to some of my previous episodes where I fucking address that because that is a lie. Workman's comp insurance premiums, they understand that firefighters work out. They understand that physical fitness is part of the job. So if you're using that as a cop-out, you're full of fucking shit 
But we're teaching these bad, bad, bad habits because it's things that you learned in 1990s, early 2000s, unhealthy fire service and unhealthy ways that might have worked when you didn't have the call volume and you didn't have the workload that we have today. Most of us can look at y'all and tell you're not fucking healthy. If you're 53 years old and you look like you're fucking 80, that's not healthy. Not at all. And like I've talked about even with my with my captain, he I love his mindset on this. He's like, man, you know, I, I got several years left of this shit, but I'll be damned if when I retire, my body is broken and busted and I can't enjoy a good quality of life after that. And I'm like, absolutely. You know, I'm in the same boat. 33 years old, but I got 20 left probably. Something like that. So that puts me being at 53 years old. I don't want a fucking broke back and bad hips and a fried mind and all this shit. You know, we talk about PTSD and we act like it's just something, you know, that only affects certain people or, um, you know, oh, well, it one day, one day, one day. And I'm guilty of that myself. But guys, so you have to start thinking today, whether it's your mind or your soul or your body, you have to start taking care of it today to make it where when you hit that retirement age, you got something left. How many stories have, have we have we been told and have we heard of guys that retire and then less than a year from retiring, they're dead? Do you really want that? I mean, if you do, I, you know, that's your own business, whatever. My wife and I have fucking plans. When we retire, we have fucking plans. I want to see the world. I want to do shit. I want my body and my mind and, and, and soul and all that to be at 150 fucking percent when I'm ready to ring out. You know, that's that's what I want. So sleep is a major fucking part of that. Yeah, you can you can tough it out. Hell, I can tough it out with the best of them right now. I can I can 100%. I can tough the shit out and go days without sleep. And yeah. But if you really think that that doesn't hold, that doesn't take a toll on you in the long run, I'm here to tell y'all, you're a fool. You're absolutely a fool. And if you think you could do it for 30 fucking years, you're a fucking moron. Secondly, if you think that taking a fucking prescription that keeps you awake and keeps you wired up and gets you geeked up, if you think that doing that shit for 30 fucking years doesn't take a toll, I'm here to tell y'all, Go look at the crackhead down the road. Come to East Texas and I'll show y'all a meth head that's been on the shit for five years. And I'll show you it's the same fucking thing. There is absolutely no difference. Just because a doctor writes you a prescription for the shit does not make it fucking healthy for you. I'm sorry. It does not. I told y'all in the last episode, I'm going to reiterate that. 50 years ago, if you had breathing problems, doctors told you, smoke a cigarette, that'll help you out. Call me tomorrow, tell me if it ain't any better. They used to give fucking cigarettes like it wasn't shit. Now we've seen all the data that comes out about that. Cocaine used to be fucking legal. You could get that shit from the... I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's called practicing medicine for a reason. They're practicing the shit. They're practicing it on you. And anything that you take a fucking pill and it makes you stay awake for 24 fucking hours, I'm here to tell y'all from a guy that used to do it all the fucking time, that's not fucking healthy. It's not. I went about four years of my life sleeping maybe hour to an hour and a half a fucking night. For four years. Until my daughter was born. I'm here to tell y'all that it's not healthy. It's not healthy at all. It took a long time. And I actually, you know, for the longest period of my life, I did not believe in sleep de- deficit. I was like, oh no, as long as I feel good and get through today, I'm good. I'll just do it again, do it again, do it again. Which I would consider that be a borderline fucking addict. But... If you're using that, you know, it's kind of like a fucking drunk. You know, if you don't ever get a hangover or you don't ever go through detox because you stay fucking drunk all the time, well, you're an alcoholic. 
You're a fucking drunk. That's how that science adds up. Well, if you're taking speed on top of speed on top of speed so that you don't ever come down, that, my friend, is an, is, that's an addict. It's the same fucking thing. Just because it has a prescription attached to it doesn't make it okay. It's still wrecking your body. You need sleep. You were born and required to have sleep. So just because today's society in the United States of America says that we don't need it because we're living the fast life and we got to do this and we got to do that, it doesn't make it right. It absolutely doesn't make it right. And it doesn't make it healthy. You are going to have long-term effects. I am here to tell y'all I am a 100% advocate for the fact that there is such a thing as sleep deprivation in long-term fatigue. You can go this time period. You can power through. You absolutely can. I could do it today. But I'm telling y'all, on the back end, it's it's like a checking account that you're always overdrawing, overdrawing, overdrawing. That shit's going to come from somewhere someday. You're going to crash. I crashed. I went through it. With that comes weight gain. With that comes a lot of other medical problems. Possibly fertility problems. You have to possibly go through some sort of uh, detoxification. You're going through the DTs. All of it takes a toll. It racks up. And then you wake up one day and you say, what the fuck have I done? And you look in the mirror and you say, what the fuck have I done? The weight gain is the biggest thing for me. I'll tell y'all. After I went through that process and after I got all my shit right... I gained probably 60 pounds in less than 90 days. Blew up. Blew the fuck up. Uh, that's something that I've still struggled with today. I've fluctuated. I have times when I hit the gym hard. I can pack on muscle muscle pretty quickly. Um, but as far as being able to get back to having a six-pack like I did, you know, whenever I was a young man, uh, that's a major fucking struggle. And I don't know that I'll ever truly get it unless, uh, you know, without – without some hardcore personal training, two-a-days, whole nine yards, and I will have to have my diet so much on point that uh, I don't I don't know that I will be able to do that currently with, with just our lifestyle being on the road. That's something that's a personal struggle for me to be able to have that level of nutrition dialed in to get that down. But I'm telling you all, the weight gain is a major fucking issue. Um, the stress and fatigue that that puts on your body and wrecks. For those of you guys out there, I'm going to be totally transparent with you all. You guys out there that possibly ever want children, if y'all are doing that shit, good luck, guys. Fucking good luck. Took me over a year and a half and lots of fertility shit and being able to do all that, go through that entire process to be able to make that happen. It wrecks your shit completely. Your reproductive abilities as a man will be fucking wrecked from going without sleep, having that level of stress, that level of fatigue for long periods of time and whatever type of medication or narcotics that you're using to be able to do that, it's going to wreak fucking havoc on your inners that you are not fucking ready for. So that's something to think about. Those of you who want to be dads out there, I'm telling y'all, take it from me, this entire show, everything about everything I've talked about on this podcast up, up until this point has been me trying to share hard life lessons with you guys so that y'all understand things and you learn things that i personally had to learn the fucking hard way and take this from me that is one of the hardest hardest things because what y'all don't realize is the stress that it'll put on a relationship 
which y'all don't realize the, the added stress it'll put on you because you know that you're the fucking problem. It's not your wife. It's you. Because you didn't take care of yourself. That's a level of guilt that you have to fucking carry because you were unable to have a child with the person that you love because of the decisions that you're making today. So that's a serious, I mean, that's a very serious thing. You need to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, are you willing to take and own all those consequences for the actions that you take today to try to appease somebody's fucking policies that says, I'll sleep when I'm dead. If y'all want more, you know, if you want to hear more and more stories on that, go listen to, to the previous show. And I get a little bit more in depth. I get a little bit more personal on some of that stuff. But but that's just something I want y'all to, to understand that I know. I know so many of you. I got your messages this week, especially where it was. I mean, even some guys that do fire department on the side or they volunteer and they have full-time jobs, whether it's working construction, oil field, plant industry, all this different things. So many of you messaged me saying, hey man, we're dealing with it in this injury. It is a massive fucking problem in today's United States. Bosses want you to work like a dopehead, but not be on dope or have a prescription to do it. And they do not care about your health. They do not care about your brain. They do not care about the long-term repercussions and consequences of the shit that you're putting in your body today. They don't care. Just like Hitler. Hitler did not care what happened with his fucking soldiers when he was amping them up? I'm going to tell y'all a secret. Go fucking look it up. One of the first inventors of methamphetamine was fucking Adolf Hitler. Go fucking look it up. That's how you... Uh, for those of you that are not, you know, military buffs or history buffs or whatever, I know a lot of people have heard, like, of Blitzkrieg. It was whenever their armor division of, of their tanks, the panzer division of tanks for... The German army was able to advance and they took over all the fucking France and all this shit in one foul swoop and they took it all over and left the French army and Great Britain and everybody sitting like, holy shit, how were they able to do this? It was like three fucking days. Like in a matter of days, they took over multiple fucking countries. Well, I'm here to tell you how they did it. Go look at the dark side of history. They were amped up on dope. Hitler was feeding his soldiers meth. So they didn't have to fucking sleep. They didn't have to fucking eat. All they had to do was fucking kill and take over and kill and take over. And you think he gave a shit about how their fucking health and well-being was going to be 20 years from now? No, he didn't give a fuck. And it's no different than what we have going on in society right now between some of these people running companies, running businesses, or running fire departments. They don't fucking care about what you have going on. They just need to, they need to handle their shit, make sure that their fucking stations are shiny, their trucks are shiny, the calls are all ran, you handle all the busy work so when Joe Blow taxpayer goes by, everybody in the station is outside working, doing this and doing that, but nobody's thinking about the fact that at that station, y'all are going to be up all night running calls. It's the same thing. We're taking the human factor out of the fire service and wanting it to be robots that are amped up on dope that don't ever have to sleep and don't have to have to fucking eat and it makes the fire chief look good and it makes the taxpayers sit by and say, oh, okay, well, those guys, yeah, they're the old the old uh, rumors and the, you know, the shit that guys used to say in town about, oh, well, firemen just get paid to sleep and lay up in the lazy boys. Well, I'm here to tell y'all with the stats that are showing nationwide from NFPA.org, NFPA Guys are not laying up in the fucking lazy boys. 
all day long. They're not coming to work and fucking sleeping all day. It's not happening. Maybe at some places, not at my station, but some places may still have that luxury, but I'm looking at the call volume stats, and with the call volume being doubled from 2000 to now, that old adage is dead. It's not, it's not happening anymore. There's too much going on. Too many calls being made. Too many training hours that need to be fulfilled. Too many different things that the fire service is involved with. Also, back in that time, you weren't required to carry all the different certifications on the yearly renewal process. You know, used to, you got your fire cert, you were a certified firefighter, and you rocked on. You know, that's something we talked about in my station this week. TCFP, Texas Commission on Fire Protection. Every time we turn around, they're introducing a new certification that in Texas, we are going to be required to carry. Whether it's, you know, they didn't even have the shit whenever I started. And that wasn't that long ago. But now we have driver operator for pumper, driver operator for aerial, instructors of three fucking levels or four fucking levels, fire officers for three or four fucking levels. Now we have an incident commander one. You got hazmat technician. You got hazmat IC, wildland firefighter, marine firefighter that have all the different levels that you have to have, you know, so many trainings and educations, all this shit to advance and take the classes. I mean, it's just, it's compounding and it's never fucking ending for us, for our generation of what we have to do to be able to do, do the job. And that's not even talking about the technical trainings that we have to do on the day-to-day, whether it's learning you know, how to operate fucking swift water boats or flood boats, learning how to drive high water vehicles, learning how to do rope rescue and all the different things, all the different levels of, of extrication that it's required. Our daily demand, plus all the EMS shit that we're having to do in today's fire service now, our job requirements are way more to be able to show up and be proficient and an operational badass in 2023, today's fire service, than it ever was in 2000. They did not have those requirements. They were able to show up. They ran their calls. They washed the truck. And then they sat in the fucking Lazy Boy. Nine times out of ten, at nine, nine out of ten stations, that was the climate. That was the norm of what's going on. And in today's fire service, that's just simply not the case. So we have to think about that. We still have to bring in the fact that Firefighters are humans. We need to treat them as humans and remember that they need to sleep, eat, piss, shower, all those different things. That's all part of it. So, guys, I know so many of you support that. I know so many of you are in agreement with that. If there's somebody out there that doesn't know this information or you know doesn't agree with it or whatever it is, let them listen to the show. Send them the show. Or, or for the new people that are coming in, let them go listen to this and just give some light and education on what the next 30 years of their career needs to look like in order to remain healthy and in order to get to that year 30 mark. That's the biggest that's the biggest goal that it should be for all of us is to keep everybody alive, tactically proficient and to reach retirement to be able to enjoy life and be able to enjoy their families and in the meantime have that good quality of life and and a good strong family unit in and out of the station for the next 30 years. That's what we got to do. That's the goal that we have to make. That's that brotherhood shit. So I hope that y'all like that information. I just wanted to give a little bit of a um, follow-up on, on last week's show, give a little bit more information that's statistical shit that people cannot argue with. On to my next announcement, guys. For those of you that are still listening to this show that have made it this far, 
I'm going to let y'all know this is by far the most exciting news that I've had since the Third Alarm Cowboys were introduced, since we launched this, everything. I am proud to announce that our latest show sponsor, it's been in the works for a while. It's something I had to work in, had to do a lot of back and forth with as far as to make sure that their company and my business and and this platform and everything that we were doing was aligned. And guys, I am proud to announce that First Form, major, major, major supplement company, uh, First Form Supplements have been something that I have personally used for the last several years, and I'm going to get more into that in a second, but this is, this is fucking huge, y'all. This is, I talked with their corporate team um, last week. We went back and forth. They went and listened to some of the shows. They went and listened to the stuff we're putting out, went all over our social media. Did, you know, it's it. There's been a lot of give and take because they're not going to align with some company that they don't believe in, with a mission that they don't believe in, because... First Form is by far one of the top nutritional companies in the fucking world, hands down. They have an, a, a you know a complete apparel line that they have been building. Basically, they're wanting to compete with fucking Nike, y'all, as far as all just their entire apparel line and all this shit. Um, Andy Frisella, he's all over social media. He had the number one podcast in the fucking nation for entrepreneurship and business for over six years. It was called the MFCEO Project. It's still on there. You can go look it up. And currently, I think I believe it was in 2019, he started seeing a lot of cultural shifts and things in society. So he changed his, his platform from you know being all about business and entrepreneurship and all that into... Um, what's going on in the country, whether it's political, whether it's generational. Uh, a lot of the similar things like what we talk about, I just primarily focus around the fire service and what I specifically see with you guys. And he hits it on a broad scale worldwide and nationwide. Um, but I'm not I'm not even going to you know lie to y'all. A lot of the information that I have taken in, things I've learned about business, things that I has kind of shaped my personal life has come from Andy and his platforms. I've read his books. He's a phenomenal individual. Um, very pro-American. Very pro-American. So much so that whenever COVID hit and all the things that were going on, he started being able to figure out what he needed to do, whether it was buying property, um, buy you know everything all the different building warehouses and uh, assembly lines and all this shit to bring all their manufacturing uh, of their products that they possibly could that even has the ability to do in the United States at this time he brought it all home so I mean even their products the ingredients in their products are grown and raised here and that's huge to me. They're, they have done everything they can do to make sure that their products that they that they have can be sourced from the ground up here, literally. And that's phenomenal, guys. That's that's huge. As you all know, most major major companies they're outsourcing everything. They really don't do anything within the United States. They're bringing shit in from China. They're bringing shit in from Mexico. They're doing all these different things. And to have a company that's as pro-American as they are, that's as pro-first responder as they are, to willing to be willing to lock arms and say, "Absolutely, we'll be you know we'll be with your show. You can talk about first form, all this, that, and the other." With me, with just little old me, that's a huge thing. Um, I have looked up to Andy. I have listened to all his stuff. I, I'm truly blown away. 
I'm truly blown away, to be just totally honest with y'all. Um, I'm going to tell y'all a little bit about some of the products that I take. Um, there's a lot of stuff that they have that I just simply haven't even tried yet, but I will tell y'all pretty much my daily stuff. I mean, one thing that I majorly struggle with is getting enough protein. I try to count macros. Of course, as you know, on the road with five kids, I fuck up my diet a lot. I'm not going to bullshit y'all. I fuck up my diet a lot. I'm able to hold pretty strong on working out, but something that works best for me is a high-protein diet, something that it, it, that's something that's hard to do unless you're willing to eat, you know, fucking 10 chicken breasts a day so i use their post-workout recovery um stack after every single workout it has a quick absorbing protein and a quick absorbing uh carb that you take and then you mix up with water i use water because i don't want the added carbs of using milk you can use milk um, it comes in multiple different flavors. My personal favorite is the root beer float. I use it, mix it up with some cold water. These products actually mix good. I've been using supplements. I've been in and out of the supplement space for, I'd say, the last probably 10 to 12 years and heavily involved in gyms. Tried all different types of stuff. Most of them, they just they either don't mix right. I just haven't been a fan of a lot of the different products I've used. My friends and stuff that all around me, you'll know that I – have worked with worked out with at different stations uh most of them have bought products from me they they've enjoyed the products whether it was the different proteins or the pre-workouts or whatever that's something that i've i've become a huge fan of is using their protein i've been using it now for i'd say about four years after every workout that's what i take y'all go check out formula one still a spell with a ph and the ignition. The ignition is the fast-absorbing carbohydrates. So I know a lot of you back in the day, you'll notice like bodybuilders and shit would eat like gummy bears and shit like that to get a quick-absorbing carb. Because what a lot of people don't realize is, yes, after you do a badass workout, you need the protein and shit. But your body will actually convert the protein into a carb to refuel those muscles before it starts repairing them with the protein. So if you don't take in some sort of carb, it's going to not give you the you're not going to get the full effect of the protein basically now i'm not a scientist i'm not going to get any more into it but that's the basic knowledge of what i have now with these uh with ignition it's a fast absorbing carbohydrate that doesn't have all the trash and all that shit in it so it's able to go in there and fuel the muscle like it needs to and then you get the protein and the bcas in with it to go ahead and start repairing that muscle and really help you with the growth the biggest thing that I love about it is it doesn't have all the fucking fillers. It doesn't have all the trash like whenever you go to your big box store and buy a sack full of protein. If you look at the ingredients on that, it's going to have a bunch of shit that's ground up bullshit that's in there. 85% of you don't know what the fuck. And that's just something like I talked about on this show. It is important to me about my body, my health, and being able to make it throughout my career and being able to perform throughout my career and then after my career. So I've always been very conscious when it came to supplements, pre-workouts. I didn't want to take a bunch of crack and do crazy shit. That was just not my thing I didn't want to do. So I was always real conscious about that, and that's something that with First Form, I will go ahead and tell you all. They are one of the companies that they truly believe in putting the highest grade of stuff in their products to make sure that it's it's top level it's not el cheapo bullshit that you go down to your big box store and buy i will go ahead and tell you all that it's high quality doesn't have like all the just shit i mean bottom line just doesn't have the shit in it 
if you want more information, of course, you can message me about that, and I can get a little bit more in depth. But I just wanted to tell you all real quick about that product specifically because that is something that I use every day. I know firefighters are always swapping out proteins. Y'all want to try shit, see what you like flavor-wise, what mix is good, all that stuff. Just go give this a shot. Another thing I'll tell you all right now, I got a couple cases of them in my fridge. They have an energy drink. Uh, it's a lot like the ones you buy at the gas station that have you know all the different brand names. Fucking everybody likes something different. But I'll tell y'all, I specifically drink these drinks every single day. It's always worried me about what's in some of these drinks that are bottled up by your major companies. You don't know exactly what you're getting. I mean, the those companies are owned by God knows who and y'all know exactly what i'm talking about it's just not always trustworthy of what you're getting when you buy shit at a gas station and all that kind of stuff so i've always been worried about that it's something that i you know have been guilty of in the past but i will tell y'all i'm a huge fan of the first form energy drinks i drink them every single day when i'm headed to the station i carry a couple of them with me i put them in the refrigerator at the station and then you know i drink them in the mornings whenever i wake up and we're getting the day going and all that don't get the crash and all the the just shitty feeling afterward where you just feel sleepy and shit. I don't get all that. That's why I like it. It's just a good sustained energy for me. I feel awake. My brain feels clear and I can rock on and get my morning going because many of you that know me know that I'm not very fucking good in the mornings. Uh, it takes me a little bit. I'm, I'm not a morning person. But with these drinks, it wakes me up, especially on my drive. For those of you that know, I drive about two and a half hours to my station. So I pop the top whenever I'm leaving my gate in the morning, and it keeps me awake driving to work, usually listening to an, another podcast, um, specifically Real AF with Andy. I listen to that show. As soon as he comes out with one, I listen to it. That's just a little bit of what I'm going to tell you about some of the products. I've tried so many of their products. Their test booster is phenomenal. For you firemen out there that are always wanting to try out tests and this, that, and the other to get stronger, I'll tell y'all, I love their oil test booster. Um, it's 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 great. It's called Primal Tea. Go check it out. But the list goes on and on of the different products, whether it's fat burners, whether it's greens. For those of you that like getting and being able to take a scoop of greens that, that work, make you feel clean, they don't have like a shitty fucking taste like grass flavor, they have a great product of greens. They have... They have beef sticks that you can go in there. I think it's some, well, it kind of depends on the flavor. They have, I believe, six different flavors now or four different flavors without going on the website and actually look because they just launched a couple other flavors very, very recently that I haven't tried yet. But it's good. You know, you grab that and eat that like a beef jerky stick and it just gives you the protein that you need. And it's not something you have to cook. It's not something you got to go in there and try to, you know, figure out what you want to eat or whatever, especially whenever you're on the road like we are and you're doing this and doing that. So they have different protein bars that have the same, you know, same deal. It just gives you an on-the-go meal, 20 grams of protein, helps you increase your protein, and it's not a bunch of trash. It's not a bunch of sugar. It's not a bunch of bullshit that you would buy at your particular gas station or fried shit, all that different stuff. So... Those are different things that we've incorporated into, you know, our family over the last few years that we've been trying. And like I said, this is not something I ever saw coming. This is not something um, that I honestly thought I was big enough to even fucking attempt. But I talk about all the time on here is chasing your dreams. I've always looked up to this company. I've always been proud to be a product user and to share their products with my friends that I work out with, whether at the station or at my local gym or my family and all that kind of stuff. Well, now 
this platform has given me the opportunity to now be locked in business-wise with them. So y'all go check out firstform.com slash thirdalarmcowboys. That's uh, first form is the number one. S-T form is P-H-O-R-M dot com slash thirdalarmcowboys. Check out their products. I mean, they have everything from apparel of all kinds, some like really, really good high-quality clothes. If I'm not wearing a Third Alarm Cowboys shirt, I can tell y'all I've been wearing First Form t-shirts for a long time. They fit good. It's what I like, and I, and I still to this day, even though I have my own shirts in there in, in storage that I could be wearing every single day, I'm usually wearing a First Form shirt and then a Tack Channel hat. If you don't believe me, ask my family or, you know... <laughs> Creep on me on Facebook because you're going to see most of the time that's what I'm wearing. If it's a t-shirt or gym shorts, that's what I have on. I just like how their clothes fit. It's what I enjoy wearing, and I believe in the company. I truly believe, like I tell you all the time, I believe in supporting firefighter-owned businesses, and I believe in supporting American-owned, American-proud companies that put money back into this country through providing jobs and, and making sure that all of their sourced ingredients and everything that they can do locally that they do Um, that's a huge thing for me so y'all check them out and let me know what you think if you have any questions about hey i'm doing this kind of program message me just shoot me a message either at my email uh third alarm cowboys at gmail.com you can email me there and let me know you know just put in the subject supplement question or whatever you want to do just shoot me a message if you have certain questions about products that you want to try i'll be more than happy to try to educate you on what information that i have uh or that i you know have a personal story that i'll share with you on what i think of that product or or whatever um y'all know that i'm transparent you know that i'm going to tell you exactly what i think about stuff and so if you have questions just message me also that was my biggest announcement. That's something I've been sitting on now for about a week, chomping at the bit. I still have some major, major, major announcements also coming up. I wasn't lying to y'all when I told y'all I got some big stuff coming down the pipe. And uh, just a couple more things that I'm waiting on everything to be fine to. I have a phone call tomorrow with another very exciting thing um, that I've been alluding to for a while now. So I'm going to hold on to that one for a little bit. And let y'all know we still have some hats. The uh, the gray and the charcoal and black hats, guys. Y'all, y'all blew me away with those. Those went super fucking fast. Um, I have a very limited amount left on the next order. I'll be sure and do a majority of those since that was the highest selling hat um, by far, which actually kind of caught me off guard. I figured that w- there would be more of the uh, the navy blue because y'all are firemen and we like navy blue. But hey, I guess y'all wear them enough on duty. Y'all want something of a different color. But y'all go to thirdalarmcowboys.com. Check out the different things. I went ahead and, and updated on the website. I've been trying to um, to start plugging in some more of this information on there. I have RJ's fight. If you go to his, his page on our website, I have the fight information uploaded on that. I'm going to also upload the ticket information whenever it drops and let y'all know as well as when the other dates are set. His calendar will start being able to be seen on thirdalarmcowboys.com. Um, also updated on there for any of you guys that are out there that are firefighter owned businesses and you're looking to want to you know have a a sponsorship with a show that's going to enable you to get your your um business advertised on a 
you know, basically at this point, a growing platform nationwide. Uh, we're way over 20,000 listeners on this show. Social media is growing crazy. Um, I don't have to tell y'all. Y'all go look and see. You can see for yourselves the growth that's happening with this this entire movement of the Third Alarm Cowboys. People believe in what we're doing. People believe in the truth. People want to hear the truth. So I think people are tired of the cookie-cutter bullshit. I think people are tired of hearing... Um, you know, all the, the just the typical podcast about firefighter shit. People want real life. People want real truth. And that's what they're getting on this show. And that's what um, is proving day after day after day that people want. So, guys, get in with us now. I'm taking some sponsors on. I have a couple more slots. I'm not, I'm not going to overload this show with a bunch of fucking ads. I just really wanted to kind of... As far as force form goes, I wanted to give you all a little bit of a lowdown since this is the announcement. But I'm not going to overload the show with a whole bunch of fucking ads. So I'm not going to be taking on a shitload of people. But I do, I've, I've, I've turned down several that I just didn't believe in whether they weren't firefighter related or I didn't necessarily get good vibes from the owners of the company. There's just some things. So... I'm not going to put anybody on blast or anything like that, but just know that I want to do business with people that truly believe in doing business the right way, treating customers the right way, that are firefighter owned and operated and want to take care of the brotherhood of the fire service by allowing me to help grow their business as far as you know ex- exposure and then them also do me a solid and help us with being able to build the capital to advance this show, buy more equipment. I'm wanting to get into uh, video podcasting so that we can get onto YouTube and start growing this even more for the YouTube community because there's a shitload of YouTube firefighters out there that need to hear what it is that we've got to say. So, guys, let's just you know try to build each other up. Let's try to do all this. Take care of each other. Take care of your crews. And, guys, that's all I have for tonight. I'm headed off to bed. i got to be on shift in the morning, so... 2.30 comes early in the morning, but I'll see you all in the next one. you